Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan! I know plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money. In today's episode, we're going to talk about planning for retirement and what a new study is talking about as far as the emotional side of retirement and why that can be a little bit intimidating for some. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money with your host, Mark Geals. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Gills. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark has been helping folks for better than 30 years. He is a fiduciary. He's independent, um, a certified financial planner. EFS Wealth Management is where you'll find him. That website is EFS, the number U, the letter com. EFS4U.com. And uh, hey, Mark, what's going on? Well, we're just going to talk about, you know, maybe it's, it's, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. Right. And so I've seen all kinds of irrational thoughts, um, you know, different financial decisions based upon fallacies or, you know, superstition, maybe. <laughs> um, sure. You know, we can talk about a lot of things. Um you know, as humans, we are really wired to fail as investors. We're not designed really to plan for the future. We're designed to, you know, live for the present, you know, hunter gatherers, you know, fight or flight, you know, just try to stay alive, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how how we're wired. You know, we, we weren't wired to have, um, you know, all of these things that exist today, you know, maybe the internet, you know, luxuries, you know, food being prepared for us. Um, you know, I think if you think about a lot of the things, you know, if you dialed it back to, you know, a few hundred years ago, you know, it's a totally different environment. Um, I don't think there was such a thing as retirement. Of course, you can always argue that people didn't live long enough to retire either. I think you make a point there, yeah. But but I don't think people 
really looked at, hey, I'm going to uh, retire. I don't think that was a conversation. I don't know when that really started. Yeah, when did that start, I wonder? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, um, yeah, I don't know what what became of it. Was it maybe the uh, introduction of Social Security that talked about that? I mean, I don't... It'd be a curious to do an episode on that to do some research on, mm-hmm. on, you know, when did retirement really start becoming a thing? And so what we want to talk about today, though, is is that emotional side of retirement planning and why that can be intimidating. So there's lots of studies out there that you can look at, right? Right. And again, one of them was from uh, the Capital One, and they found this is, what, 37% of adults say they're getting just getting by financially. 60% of adults don't believe their retirement savings are on track. Do either of those things surprise you? No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. um, 60% of adults, you know, uh, and, and I think it's probably because, um, you know, procrastination maybe you think maybe a little <laughs> yeah. bit yep maybe a little bit and uh and there's actually a there's actually a term that i used to talk about uh when i would teach um a long financial class it went over several weeks we talked about all kinds of topics and i could elaborate on different things and now i feel like i'm kind of doing the same thing it's just you know a half hour you know 40 minutes at a time or sure. sometimes a little bit less than that but there's a a term. I can't remember where the term came from. I, I think it was a term that was coined by the the uh, American Psychiatric Society, and the term kind of was used to describe this emotional side of us. And it's and it's a term that's called the Titanic effect. Oh, I've read something about that. Right, and the Titanic effect. Um, the definition of it was that the the greater the enormity of the disaster, the less likely or even less potential that we're going to plan for it. So let me repeat that. The greater the enormity of the disaster, the less likely or less potential we're going to plan for it. Sure. And when it comes to, to planning, you know, one of the one of the greatest disasters, of course, is dying, right? Mm-hmm. And only one out of, I think it's one out of three people uh, have a valid will uh, in the United States. Oh, wow. And so, but that's a pretty much going to happen to everybody, but but people don't want to plan for it. They don't want to think about it. Yep. Um, and it, and by not doing that, they're, they think they might avoid a disaster, which, which I've seen, um, you know, because it can become a big mess if you don't get things set up properly and so that that is a good example of the titanic effect uh, another one is is of course you know 60 percent of adults don't believe they're saving enough money for retirement they know that they they really don't want to do it um, because they don't want to know exactly where they're at and they don't want to know what the future is going to hold because it it is again that definition that we talked about Right. Well, and, and, you know, we talk about the uh, 
only 29% of Americans have a financial plan. And again, I'm sure that number doesn't surprise you, Mark, but it, it, it is really a number that, that should be higher than that. Well, I don't know where those 29% of Americans are because I haven't seen any of them um, that have a financial plan, to be honest with you. So I don't know what they think a financial plan is or, or where that surveys come from, but I've read that before, that, that one out of four people um, only have a financial plan, but yet I've been doing this for 30 years, and I haven't seen more than a, more than a handful of people that have come into this office that actually have a written financial plan. Now, maybe the question should be, do you have a written financial plan that is updated on an annual basis? That would be a question I would like to know in a survey of how many people would be able to produce something like that. What, what's your guess on that number? Um, Any idea? 2%. 2 2 Wow. Yep. Wow. I would say it's 2%. Wow. Yep. Well, um, uh, they may have, they, they may have, you know, a investment analysis or they may have a retirement projection, but that is not a financial plan. You know, a financial plan encompasses, you know, taxes, insurance, estate planning, cash flow, retirement projections, um, and, you know, insurance analysis and a host of other things. That is a financial plan. So a person says, well, if I have a piece of that, that's not a financial plan. I mean... You know, that's just you can't build a house unless you have the whole blueprint. Right. right exactly. So, I mean, it's like, well, I'm going to build a house, but I only have, you know, the garage and the rest. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. Right. You know, or, or, you know what? I, I don't have I've got a house, but I, I have no wiring layout in it. You know, we'll just wire stuff up wherever, wherever it feels just where like. we need it. Yeah. Just, you know, and something doesn't work. Well, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I, I really don't know where that statistics comes from. I know that I've seen it, but I, you know, I've seen that statistic, but I haven't seen it in practice. Okay. All know, right. In Fair enough. In, let's say in reality. Okay. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even right. better. So I uh, did a little research. One of the earliest forms of retirement programs could be traced back to Germany. In 1889, German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck introduced a social insurance system that included a retirement age of 70. The system provided financial support to eligible workers who reached the designated age, acknowledging the need for older individuals to have a means of subsistence in their later years. There you go. 1889 so retirement age was 70. Yeah, so 1889, <sighs> um, you know, pro, you know, people started talking about the word retirement. Right. I wonder when that word, you know... Um, you know, it wasn't actually, well, now was it, before it, that. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it goes back. Uh, it says the uh, modern concept of retirement began to emerge in the late 19th, early 20th centuries, industrialized nations primarily. Right. In, okay. ancient, in ancient times, people typically worked until they were physically unable to do so. Sure. Yeah. Because they had to. Because, yeah. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Because you needed to uh, forage and, and uh, <laughs> exactly. produce and, yeah. you know, you had a um, chop wood, you know, because you needed to be able to, you know, heat the place in the winter. You know, it had to 
work in the summer to store up stuff for the winter and all that kind of good stuff. And then, huh. you know, 1935 uh, in here in the U.S., that's when the Social Security Act was signed into law. The first check went out five years later, um, and they haven't missed a payment since. No, no. Knock on wood, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they're talking about it now. <laughs> as, as we're talking about, <laughs> as we're talking about the debt default and all the other craziness that yeah. that you know, um, you know, let's just wait to the last minute and and then just put something together that nobody reads, and we'll just <laughs> hope that it that let's hope that it works in the future, right? Right, I mean, that's exactly. Kind of our political system, it seems like. Um, so. Here's a benefit, though, of creating that comprehensive plan. Okay. Is that you know where you've been and you can see progress. It's kind of like paying down debt. You know, you have um, one, of the best, one of the best ways to pay down debt, and this was, I think, from Ramsey, I think, um, actually talks about this quite a bit. Right. He's a big proponent of paying debt off. Um, using the snowball effect, where you take, you know, either you, you either take the largest debt that you have, um, and um, pay it down, or I'm not, maybe I'm not sure I'm doing this right. Or you take the one that has the highest interest rate, or the lowest debt, and you pay it off first. I think I think it's the one that has the lowest yep, amount. I believe that's the, true. Yeah, that's I think the that's easiest it. one to pay off, because then you can see progress. And then you celebrate having that that debt paid off, and then it reinforces that feeling um, of you know kind of it kind of becomes ingrained and becomes a habit to pay that to pay that debt off. Um, so I think having a retirement plan or a, or a comprehensive plan and being able to track your progress, being able to go back and look and say, well. Hey, here's where we were five years ago when we started this, and we're saving money in our 401k, and we're putting money into Roth IRAs, and this is what our debt was five years ago, and here's where we're at now, five years later, and you know, look at we've we've our our wealth has hopefully it's increased, our debts have gone down, and you can see that progress of where that has been, and I remember back. Um, in the 90s, when it was kind of interesting, back in the 90s, doing financial projections and talking to people saying, well, you're going to need more than a million dollars to retire in the future. And they look at me like I was crazy, like a million dollars. That's almost impossible. Nobody saves. Nobody accumulates that much money. But now those same people um, are retired and now they they you know like well geez yeah you know now look around now million dollars is kind of the amount that people are saying well you need to have two million dollars now <laughs> yeah, I in know. the future or yeah. or our kids need to have ten million dollars by the time they get to be sixty five that are just twenty because of you know the cost of everything going up it triples you know doubles or triples every thirty years in uh, costs right. <laughs> Man. So, but but being able to have that 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 history to be able to look back, um, and then just being organized, you know, I think uh, I talk about this quite a bit in some of the financial classes that I teach, is you know just talking about what is the number one characteristic, uh, or I wouldn't say the number one characteristic, but I but what's one of the characteristics 
that every successful organization has. It doesn't mean that it's what made it successful, but I would say that show me an organization that's successful that doesn't have this, I would say you'd have a hard time finding one, and that is organization. Sure. You know, just being organized doesn't guarantee success, but success does not come without being organized. And that's part of having that written financial plan and having that financial plan updated is where I think is important. Again, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be successful, but I would say that in looking at the same characteristics for successful organizations that are not successful without it, um, you know, I think when I look at people that come into my office, um, people that I visit online, um, they have some type of organization, the ones that can send me all of their financial information, you know, fairly quickly. They know where to get it. They know where it is, or they, or they do a, an updated net worth statement or financial statement themselves uh, on a piece of paper that have, and they track it. Um, so, yeah. Well, again, these are the kinds of things that, uh, I mean, that, that you end up having conversations about all the time, right? Right. And I think, and I think you know, you look at some of the other things that um, a comprehensive plan helps uh, people accomplish. And so I think what a, what a financial advisor does, what a financial planner does, um, and, I, and I'd say there's a difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner, by the way. Okay. So a financial advisor to me is a term that really didn't even exist probably 10 years ago. Um, I don't know what they were called back then, but it seems like terms have changed and evolved. You know, private wealth manager, wealth advisor, you know, certified fiduciary, whatever, you know, whatever. But CFP, certified financial planner is a name that has existed for decades and financial planning is a term that has been around for a long time and so financial planning means comprehensive planning where you're bringing in multiple pieces of that puzzle you're bringing in taxes estate planning insurance cash flow investment analysis investment planning retirement planning all those things all come into that financial planning, whereas an investment advisor maybe just invests money. That's it. They don't do any of those other parts. Aha. Uh -huh. So let's differentiate that. But I think doing financial planning, having a comprehensive financial plan does help people not, um, um, you know, I would say not helps them be organized and helps them be able to focus more on where they're going and maybe reduces some of the worry uh, because they can see that there's something planning planned out here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, that's one of the things I like about the plans that you lay out for folks is that you do have an eye on the future. And I can look ahead and say, all right, well, in, in 2050, I'll be, you know, I'll be okay. Or 2035, whatever it is, right? that you know where you're going to be in, in terms of your retirement. I realize it changes over time, but at the same time, that's what the plan's all about. Yes, absolutely. And so I will say this, that, you know, you can call us. We will be happy to visit with you no matter what your financial situation is. 
um, we do have certain people that we that we work with as a firm. Um, you know, we, we work with successful people that are in or near retirement because that is what our specialty is. Um, we do have account minimums, but that does not mean that we will not give you advice if you talk to us. It may not be appropriate um, for our service model to work with you, but I've always and our other advisors have always taken the time to say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll spend some time to talk to you, answer your questions, point you in the right direction. Um, but there's plenty of, of financial planners out there that you can find to work with to help you develop a written financial plan. And that's the question that you want to ask your financial person is, do you provide me with a written plan? Is that plan, if we continue that relationship, going to be updated? And what parts of that, what what is going to be included in that plan? Are you going to look at my insurance? Are you going to look at my taxes? And, and you know, and are they a CFP? Because as a CFP, you know, we have certain code of ethics that we follow. Um, we implement financial planning um, steps and so forth and so on. Uh, you can go to the, the CFP website and find a certified financial planner that is by you. They will list them out so you can go and see who they are, where they are, that has their experience on them, and so forth and so on. Sure. And again, that's a, that's a good thing to do anyway before you go, you know, before you meet is to do a little research, figure out, you know, who you're talking to, and then it becomes an interview and it goes both ways. I yeah, mean, and you I, should interview just like a just like your you know just like us when we're going to hire somebody. We just don't interview one person and be like, oh, okay, well let's just hire this person. Um, no, you, you're going to interview two or three different individuals. Sure, and that's uh, what and, folks should do with the with the with the financial planner. Right. Yeah, and because you're looking for personality, you're looking for firm type, you're looking for you know, are they a good fit with what you are what you are looking for. Um, yeah, because we all do something different. We all have different expertises. We all have different practices. We all work with different people. So you want to ask those questions uh, on what what what's best for you. Yeah. Well, well, EFS Wealth Management. What you do is is really sort of offer a full service. In other words, if you want to talk about Social Security, you can do that. If you have you want to talk about estate planning, you've got connections there. I mean, it's, you know, even Medicare, you can help direct us in, in all of those things that really make up our retirement. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about 529s, college planning, we can talk about taxes, we can talk about, you know, investment structure, efficient frontier, you know, whatever, financial products, you name it. Uh, we can have a discussion about it. Well, and you're independent, so you're not beholden to anyone. You're not locked up into any one, you know, particular company. You just, you just do what's best for us in our best interest. That is what being a fiduciary is all about. Yep, that is correct. And not there is no one person that knows everything either. You know, it's you know, <laughs> as you know, it's a constant learning in our industry and. Uh, with that, I will wrap it up because that comes to the end of what really I really wanted to talk about today with you guys. So thank you for listening, and hopefully, like always, you learn something and sign up for an automatic um, download. You can do that to your podcast so that when it gets 
when it gets uh, uploaded, you automatically receive it. So we would appreciate that. And again, uh, you can email me at mark at EFS, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Or you can um, give us a call. Go to our website, look it up, um, call the office, ask to talk to an advisor, myself, or somebody else that's there uh, for questions. With that, I will leave it to you, Steve. Close it out. All right, and again, we thank everybody for listening. Come on back and see us. Uh, if you need that phone number, it's 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651. Mark, as always, a pleasure, and yes, I did learn something. Okay, that's awesome. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651 or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.